0: to Return to Ease, the show where we talk about different ways to live with more intention. Each week, we will discuss different ways to learn how to nourish our mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Rachel Picora. I'm a licensed massage therapist and a John F. Barnes-trained myofascial release therapist. I am passionate about living an authentic life and want to help you return to ease. Welcome back to another episode of Today we have a special guest, David Joy Gauss. She's a psychotherapist and the author of several books. One of them is called Rearranged, Never the Same, The Nature of Grief and Toolbox of Hope for When Your Body Doesn't Feel Good. She also runs a program called The Marrying Yourself Journey, which is about the self-discovery, self-empowerment and antidoting codependency patterns as you are guided through a step-by-step experience, learning to embrace yourself more fully. And after being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis at the age of 14, she has learned to have a different relationship with her body and to be more fully present in life. And I'm so excited to talk with her today and get her great knowledge and share it with everyone here today. So thanks for being on the show, Deva. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you. Wow. So let's get started. What can we talk about first? I know that there's so many things. You have a great program that you're running right now. Um, I don't know. We can talk about that later. I don't know if that's like an ongoing program or if it starts at a certain time. But um, yeah, let me should I tell you about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) So uh, the Marrying Yourself journey is so. uh, I married myself over 30 years ago. Uh, when I was going through um, a divorce, a painful divorce, and I was contemplating what is a marriage where there's no divorce? And obviously, it was to myself. So as this other thing was falling away and dying, I was giving birth to like,, oh, I have to marry myself. and what would that look and feel like? So I embarked on this long journey that took over a year. And in that year I got engaged to myself and I got to know my masculine and feminine, which seemed to be quite different. And we did this inner dance and I learned to parent myself better and all sorts of things of and really looking at my codependency patterns, which contributed to the divorce and my pain and retrieving myself and Went, you know got therapy during the time and just really did a lot of deep work and about a year later I was in India and married myself there and came back with definitely a radiance and a anchored grounded experience itself and my friends were like oh I want that so I uh, created this weekend workshop where people got engaged in the beginning and they got married at the end and they, I only did it once, but they loved it that 20 people went through it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so not it, because I knew how much I had stretched. I was uncomfortable. I searched. I found I had the growing pains that were not involved in a weekend experience. So I was like, you know, if I give this again, I'm going to do it in a year long uh, cross journey, just like I had so that people can really be very substantial with themselves on their when they take their vows, because there's nothing like taking vows to yourself. Right. And once you take these vows, no one and nothing can take it away or diminish it. So then that's what I did. And I um, have taken quite a few groups of women through it. And then right now, for the last year, I've been taking a group of men through the process, which has been amazing. They're actually getting married in April. I've been doing this for almost a year and then people from uh, out of state were like I want to do this so I created this online interactive experiential 18 module experience that really has a lot of the therapy work that I've been I've been a therapist for over 35 years has so much of that in it and really takes people through it I try to write it in a book And I was like, that is not connecting because it has to be interactive. It has to be engaging. And we also have these zoom calls that are optional every Thursday. So people from all over get on these zoom calls and we share about our experience. And so it is self-regulated. You ask that there's a beginning and end there. There really isn't. It's just there for the taking. And then once you sign up, you're, you're in it. And, uh, and we are going to have one or two in-person, like ongoing experiences. So we're, we're meeting together April 29th and people are flying into Atlanta and we're, it's going to be part of the, the course. So it's not really even a course. And I say the word course, I laugh because it's when you get engaged to yourself and you go towards marrying yourself, it's earth plate shifting. Like you can't be the same through it. It's not like, ah, yeah, I took this course. It's like, wow. No. I'm um, in this thing with myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I love that. It's so beautiful because we are always with ourselves, no matter what. So I think getting to know our intimate selves in all the different levels is so important for so many things not only relationships with partner but just with ourselves and our relationship to our body and our mind and our spirit i think it's all it's all interwoven and once you learn that stuff you know it for life you know you have yeah. it it's there exactly. but it takes a long time to implement those things because so many of us are not programmed or taught how to you know have that relationship with ourselves or even kind of like dive in and question it, I think. There's not really a lot of, you know, questioning because it seems like such a foreign thing or scary and people don't really know where to start. So that's that's so wonderful that you're doing that for people. I think that's really helpful. I think we're so
1: conditioned to, um, to live for others and to accommodate to other people's needs and that we get our own sense of worth by doing that. And that really plays out right in those codependent habits or a need for other people to reflect back to us who we are and if it's in some very vulnerable positions and then of course if we are trying to like really be there and help other people often then those people need to leave us to uh, know that they can resource themselves because it's like so in their space so that's often what happens for the code of so they they think that these actions are going to really help like seal the deal, so to speak, right? Like this person's gonna know they really need me because I show up so much for them. But then they are left because it doesn't ever work that way. So yeah, having our own relationships with ourselves, then we can learn to, I mean it's really a different programming to learn to listen to our bodies, know what our messages are, set, speak, find our voice. Yeah. Advocate for ourselves, set boundaries, clear boundaries, and know that we have the right to do that. All those things. And I I loved what you were saying before, because I actually have a module called Taming Your Mind, Embracing Mm -hmm. Your Heart, Loving Your Body, Nourishing Your Soul. And that module will probably for people take at least a few weeks because you want to spend time in each one of those. But once, like, yeah, that relationship with our own minds, right? And our giving permission to our feelings and uh, loving your body. That's a hard one for a lot of people because people get so critical and comparative. But, you know, meanwhile, our bodies are these miracles that, you know, are operating blood flow and heartbeat and nervous system. And we, you know, because I was a kid who couldn't move and I really appreciate you Uh, She's the first one who's like ever included that in an intro for me. And I really appreciated that. That Mm -hmm. actually, because it's such an intimate, private experience of like, you know, but it's so it's been such a T-shirt to have what I call Arthur in my life and uh, to have that. That miracle of whatever you can move. And then if you're in that framework, loving your body is so much easier we we don't really think about like, oh yeah, I can reach for that glass. Well, that's a miracle. Did you thank your body for that? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I looked on your website, you have a video of yourself with explaining your um, journey with Ar- Arthur. And it's, it's so, it's such an inspiring video because it, it really made me think about, yeah, like what what do we take for granted when we you know don't have those capabilities and um what can i actually do with what i do have i might not be able to do something but kind of reframing like what can i do i think that's really empowering for so many people and maybe people don't even think about that like how can i actually what can i work with what do i have to work with rather than like well i can't do this so then i can't do anything so i love
1: you emphasizing that so much really because it as a therapist, that's what I really go for. It's like where, what are our resources? You know, where are you resilient? Because we have, we all have that. And then unless we test start there and identify with that and then go to our more wounded traumatized parts of ourselves um, versus starting at the trauma or the like something's wrong with me or the deficits because even a lot of therapy starts there, right? But I do think we have to start with those resources and as uh, something I thank you for watching the video, first of all, um, and it, living with Arthur has taught me also everyone has their Arthur. You know, that was my story. Everyone has a story. Everyone has, you know, we don't get to be in an incarnation without challenges. And of course, there's impermanence for all of us in our lives. So there's losses and things. Uh, yeah, it's all part of the the soul journey here. So like, how do we resource ourselves to greet and respond to the challenges that happen? And then I also think we're completely interconnected in one. So it might not be in my own. I mean, of course, in my own life, I'm going to have my challenges. But there's I personally and personally experience everything like that's going on on the planet and you know, the pain, the suffering, the climate crisis and the impacts and uh just you know the wars it's just like we're all in it together so like how do we respond i think it's so important that we let ourselves feel it feel the pain and spend time knowing that we can show up for ourselves in that pain and be there and then also learn how to pendulum swing and bring in the beauty and receive that so that we feel nourished. Um, I have a saying, uh, fucking shine anyway, which, you know, (laughs) you know, because there's always shit, there's always stuff happening. So, like, and let's be a bright light anyway. And sometimes it can't be based on what's going on out there in our lives. Sometimes we just really have to resource it from our own essence.
0: I mean, really, always. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have a saying that I like to refer back to it. It's actually in my like notebook that I keep for like my podcast, like inspiration and stuff. It it says yes. quit playing fucking small. <laughs> yes. I, just, I love I, that. I remind myself and I, I know it's like, I don't know. I just out it just like stands out to me. Like we always try to like minimize ourselves oh, in some way and minimize like our experiences and what we're going through. And it's like, I have a podcast, to have a voice. So like, I got to it
1: small. In <laughs> <ways>. <laughs> yes, I love that. And you're doing it, woman. So yeah, yeah.
0: applause. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So maybe, um, do you want to share like a little bit about your, your arthritis journey or RA journey and, and kind of how that's helped like with your healing and your spiritual journey and kind of maybe if that segues into any of what you're doing now, because I'm sure it probably does. No? Okay. Yes, sure. Um, so yeah, At uh,
1: I was at camp when I was um, 13, well, 13 and I woke up one morning and my foot was like totally strange. And I made a joke like, oh, I had a bad dream and this is what happened during it. Uh, but then it got worse and worse and I had to leave camp and I ultimately couldn't walk and I couldn't move my arms. And uh, I was diagnosed a year later with Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, ended up going to Mayo Clinic, uh, which they did an amazing job in Rochester, and I came home able to walk uh, with a two-hour physical therapy program every day that my mom did with me. So, I felt like my childhood, which was a pretty normal childhood, got really interrupted. And all of a sudden, I was not playing with my friends after school. I was going home and doing this physical therapy program. And I knew about pain and limitations in a different way. And uh really started taking in nature and spending writing poetry and taking in and just really asking all the questions that one asks when their life's interrupted like that. Like, what's the purpose and why me? And what's what is this for? And what is this teaching me? And Luckily, you know, I at that time I I was well and still I still talk to myself to animals, but I you know, I was always talking to myself to animals and everyone had a name in my life. And I was like, and I was like, you know, at 14, I was like, I need to make friends with this. I just, and I we're gonna share this body, we're gonna share this life because the words chronic and deterioration and all that stuff from the doctors were like in my head. Uh, so I was like how do I make friends with this? So that was how I started, which was by ma- by naming it and having conversations with it. And, uh, okay, well, what are you teaching me? What do I need to learn? And sometimes it was just like, pay attention to my dog looking my face and that there's sweetness in that. And even though I'm really in pain and I can't, you know, walk today or I'm crawling to the bathroom, um, I have this wonderful dog by my side. So it was like the training of what are we going to focus on? And I didn't know the term, the the universal principle, what you focus on expands when I was 14. But I certainly discovered that without knowing those words, that what we do focus on and also how we focus on something, what the feeling we bring to it makes a difference. It attracts more of it. So um, I just started really focusing on, the beauty and the love and the and so that was one of the first teachings and as well as how to listen to my body and what made you know what irritated it and what made it worse and what you know the arthritis and uh what helped me feel better and what kind of and it really starts with the thoughts it starts with uh and then the thoughts impact the feeling and then the feeling impacts what I'm experiencing and attracting, right? So I could feel those steps. Uh, and that certainly impacts my work today. I like playing in that law of attraction, you know, that what we think, you know, attracts more of itself. I also want to say that there's a mystery involved in everything as to how I hold it. And it's not all like, oh, I just, you know, I've created this and I can uncreate it. I think that we can get into really dangerous territory with that. Um, so there is, even as, as a kid, a respect for this mystery of what's happening. I mean, we can't really fully explain things that happen. Right. You know, but um, But we can always learn from it and also how to respond to it. And I think that was the empowerment and the response and a responsibility of how do I respond to this. So I went down that allopathic route. And then in college, I started really studying alternative methods for healing and all these holistic avenues. And I did a thesis on it. And uh at that point, and I was working as a I was like helping out at a drug program in an ashram and doing a lot of yoga and meditation so at that time uh, I allowed the Sikh teachers there to help me come off of the aspirin that I was I was in 16 aspirin a day for eight years so this very courageous moment like and I hid it from my parents because I knew that they would fight me on it and so and they went through this huge healing crisis and I couldn't walk again, and I couldn't move again. And my friends were begging me to go back on, and I. But my uh best friend, who was living with me, was like, "No, we're going to do this." And we kept staying with it. And I went through that healing crisis where things are worse before they're better,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we all have our different times of healing crises, and this was one of mine. And then I got through it. And when I graduated, my parents came in, I was like skipping, and my arms were swinging, and I was like, "And guess what? I'm off with asthma." And they're like, "What?" And then they ended up buying me a juicer and, you know, because I was doing all of raw foods at the time. And uh, so they got really behind me. So, yeah, there's a lot of lessons about learning to listen and pay attention that was involved with the teachings of Arthur. And there's a long list of the teachings of Arthur. And once again, we all have our Arthur. Everyone's Arthur is different. Uh, but there's like, what are we going to learn from what's going on and how can we on a soul level evolve and grow more into love?
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love your story. That's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, do you think that when you were given labels as a child, that that kind of created some of the the fear in your body or do you think that kind of kept you stuck like because these doctors were telling i mean you were young obviously um do you think that being told totally yeah. like this is chronic you're going to have this forever do you think that played some part in holding on to some of your your um, pain and uh well, that's a
1: fantastic question Rachel. um i you know i uh yeah of course i definitely contracted but and I needed to hear those words because it's part of what was really happening right but then as an adult when doctors would say that to me I was like you know what I'm not gonna see you I'm gonna see someone else <laughs> so, so you know because I was like obviously I know that but obviously I've been living with this now for you know it's 20 years let's say so like yeah. I don't need for you to be like saying those words to me yeah uh, and um or oh one doctor said to me um uh, I was in pain and seven. I don't know, I was like 30. And he was like, smile. And I was like, OMG, I will never see you again. Like, don't fucking tell me to smile in the middle of having a flare up and really having a lot of sense of loss. Because I, I, I that needs to be respected yeah. and supported and have empathy for someone to grow into a smile, right? I could like, add. so yeah, I do think um, those words uh, definitely drilled into me and yet in the beginning in when I in, in my toolbox of hope for when your body doesn't feel good uh, it's a workbook of like learning how to live with uh, illness or disability or pain and a lot of people use it for others and whatever else is their traumas or they're going through and even though it's scared for children adults use it too but um, I, I say like let's not only like be a detective. Okay, so you got this diagnosis or this is what's going on for you. Now let's gather all the information. You know, go past and under that word of chronic or deteriorating. And what is it, what is your relationship with with this? What does it really mean? And I do think gathering information and being a detective is super important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I I talk to a lot of people that have, you know, degenerating diseases or things that are just not curable and you can see that they have this kind of defeat almost in their their body and their mind they're like this is deteriorating i am deteriorating and they kind of take that on as personal you know i think it's it's normal we do that we tend to like take on what we're told but i don't know that that necessarily always serves us as far as um, helping ourselves because i think it's you know we can still have chronic problems, but still heal and still have a great quality of life.
1: Yeah, totally. But I think that when we're first diagnosed and we've, you know, for, or we're dealing with a really uh, flare up or a really bad time of something, we have to go through that identification. Like, I don't know if there's a way because we're in our bodies, right? And so I think having the grief and feeling the grief is so important and getting the support and empathy and then crawling out of it into, and I can identify I'm um, not just my body. Um, what else? Right. And what else can, but it takes, it takes time. And it's like a spiral. It's not a linear path. Right. So you're going to spiral through it. Right. And sometimes we'll be more identified with what's going on than other times. And yeah, you know, it's very hard, like let's say someone with migraine headaches, um you know it's very hard to enjoy your life and to think about like, ah, oh, the beauty when you're having this horrible migraine, and you can hardly keep your head up, right, mm-hmm. So it's just like there are all these this and at those times, I'm like, let's just bring utter tenderness and compassion and like you gonna rock you in this because this sucks right <laughs> it like, sometimes that's
0: all we could do, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I think that that is what's super important is be able to recognize the um, the different ways to bring into our healing, you know, like it can have tenderness and compassion because a lot of things that have happened to people really suck. They really are hard. They're really, there's not, they're not fair. Um, There's not a reason why that we can explain. And I think to just have that tenderness is so important for healing, just to have a compassion to ourselves and whatever the situation is, and it doesn't have to be your entire story, but just, you know, having a compassion and saying, okay, I, I feel you right now. I'll deal with you right now. <laughs> we're not going to deal with this every single moment of the day, you know? So, well, I love that
1: you're emphasizing that. Cause I, I do truly think that when hard things are going on and of course I'm a therapist. So when people are walking to my office, that's we're, we're going to go to the hard stuff going on. Right. And there's a zillion hard things, as you said, but uh, starting there, I, I I don't think we can get bigger than ourselves until we start with that compassion, tenderness.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, and then taming the mind because the mind can get so harsh and then adds, you know, brutality to what's already hurting and put ourselves down constantly or get obsessed on different things that just like eat us away. So it could be such a thief and i do think like learning how to help your mind be your ally and know that first of all as soon as you start observing your mind then you're not just your mind so you could say like oh there's my mind thinking nasty thoughts or you know to myself or being very critical uh is that serving me and as soon as we ask that question then like we're getting bigger our resources is getting bigger. And if we say no, which is usually the answer to so much of what the mind is doing. Um, then we get to shift it. Uh, you know, there are a lot of cognitive behavior therapists that shift it with the the positive thinking. I not a, so much that um, because what I find often is that people will go to a positive thought, let's say an affirmation. I am. Okay. I know. And then no, we're not okay. We're not okay. Look at what's happening. Hey, I'm, okay. I'm okay. And then this battle just continues. So I like to interrupt the mind with like the kill for the mind, which is a mantra, which is like another like Sanskrit. So let's use Sanskrit because then the mind is not going to debate it. If we use the word OM, you know, the over and over, the mind's not going to, it can't say no. And it gets soothed. You know, or making certain sounds, like uh, when we rock a baby, we we make the sound shh. Mm-hmm. So I tell my clients, let's do that with your mind. Let's take a deep inhale, and with the exhale, just go shh,
0: yeah,
1: over and over and over, and then do a mantra so that we interrupt that cycle. And if people still can't get on that positive route with their mind, that probably means We need more support. We need some supplements for our biochemistry. We need some medicine, just to so that we could use those tools, because those tools will be effective if our biochemistry and hormones and everything, you know, aligns with it.
0: Yeah, I know when you were saying that you could take like a deep breath in and, and make an audible sigh out. That has been something I've practiced for a long time, and the the audible exhale is sometimes really difficult. It's always been just like so hard to make that noise, even if I'm by myself. And, you know, it's weird to like make a noise, even though it's a normal noise. But um, when I do, I'm like, okay, well, that really does bring you back into your body. Why don't I do this more often? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I think um, coming back. Well, first of all, it is challenging because we're taught somehow, right? I mean, it's always about your conditioning, right? But it's natural. When I teach yoga, I tell people make keep your mouth open and keep making sounds because there's a zillion sounds in your body. So when you do a stretch, there's actually a sound in that, like oh, right, like like what is there? And so and this and there are different sounds that vibrate with different chakras and energy centers. So like the sound. Ah, yeah, yeah. that actually vibrates with your heart uh, mm-hmm. or mm, vibrates with your third eye point. So these different sounds So we could say, OK, I'll do it in a structured way of making sound. I love starting with that because it's it's not like outrageously loud. It's just super gentle and super soothing. Um, but I do think coming into our bodies is the key. Uh, getting out of what's just between our ears, our head, because we just try to make changes there. Um, it doesn't work so much. So even when people say something pause. I'm like, okay, let's stand up and now put, bring your body into it. How does your body express that? If you say those words, let's say you say, um, I am, I am empowered to speak my voice. Okay, stand up and use your body. How does your body say that if you're gonna say that sentence? Um, so all I the change happens really in the body.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's important to witness those things within our own body. And I think over time we we become more comfortable making those noises and moving through those patterns and um you know, doing the things that seem so weird. And I know you've had some myofascial release in the past. I don't know if you've had any, um, like unwinding where there's like specific moving, um, or not really specific moving. It's the subconscious moving us, but those patterns and those movements can feel so foreign to our logical mind but like our subconscious knows what's going on and it's like this is what what i want to do like animals do it all the time they don't they don't think twice about it they just move and you know they they roll around and stretch and condiculate so we do that too but you know our brain wants to shut it down like no that's weird <laughs> but like what through those is it's beautiful it is, and I,
1: I love that you talk about unwinding. I love unwinding, and then the fascia work. I talk about sounds. I get like ah, I make a lot of sounds on that table. But you know, if you just get on your blanket or your yoga mat, and you put on some music, and maybe even a blindfold, and give yourself like, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes. Like yeah. you're, and just let your body do whatever it wants to do. It will unfold. Uh, mm-hmm more of that and i and keep your mouth open and make some sounds in there right so yeah. yeah it's
0: yeah i i do like a lot of like self unwinding you know if i'm feeling kind of stuck or just just because it's like good so i just do it and it's it always amazes me like what comes up sometimes there's more emotion sometimes there's more noise sometimes there's more shaking it you know there's not really a, a pattern necessarily sometimes there's patterns but it can be different every time. And what I try to tell people when they're like, well, what is this unwinding? And I I try to say, you know, like we do it in our sleep when we're tossing and turning, but the bed Mm -hmm. is in the way and it's preventing us from getting into those positions. So it's nice when you can have gravity taken out of it. So like doing it standing, your body knows what to do. It's doing it all night long, but our brain shuts it down or something's in the way to complete that cycle. So anyway, and and. Sometimes, I mean, often people
1: are afraid to really move and they don't know how to trust themselves to do that unwinding. And I love that you mentioned shaking because that's one energy medicine tool that I really love. And I do want to make mention that on my uh, website, HealingHeartCommunications.com, or you could get to it through my name, DavidJoy.net. There are uh, for anyone videos uh, called healing, It's Under Healing Exercises and there's uh, like I think like 26 videos that are one to three minutes long with different energy medicine uh, exercises that I have either learned or made up and sometimes like we don't know what to do yet, right? So the shaking, going back to that one, you're right about animals, right? So as soon as the animal in the wild gets away from the predator, the very first thing they do is shake. Yeah. So shaking is like really helps to regulate our nervous systems and that's what the animals doing they're regulating their nervous system from the fear getting everything circulating again and we're in fear constantly we're just like in this our amygdalas are lit up with all sorts of things uh that are in our own lives and then we're getting the news and social media and like, and so we're in this like fight fight freeze place a lot so the shaking uh and with this specific shaking uh, it's so important to keep your feet on the ground instead of jumping up and down and then just to like really just let yourself go and towards the you start towards the earth and end towards the earth and i just think it's like then people might be able to unwind a little bit more because we get so rigid in our bodies right we hold ourselves we hold our breath we hold our the muscles that you know like things come at us and we tighten uh and yeah it takes i think a training to let ourselves go but we can all do it
0: yeah it's funny that you mentioned that um so with the type of myofascial release that i do the john barnes we call that rebounding so there's a triad in the um Of the structural work, which is one of you know the hands-on work, then there's unwinding on the other point of the triangle, and then across is rebounding. So the three make the the complete triangle or triad for what we do for our complete work. And rebounding, I'll rebound like clients by you know rhythmically shaking them themselves, and it kind of breaks up the old patterns. Or um, sometimes it's helpful to see where people are stuck and they're not moving, um, but it helps to kind of reorganize you know the it brings a little bit of chaos into the system, and then allows it to reorganize and settle into a, um, a more fluid matter, I guess. And uh, sometimes with that, people will just start unwinding right after because the body just doesn't have a choice but to like keep going. Yeah. You know, it's just trying to go. And uh, I will also like do self rebounding to myself, like what you're talking about—the bouncing up and down and feeling it into the ground and um, doing that for a few minutes, and then it just really brings that energy up from the earth and I can feel like the tingles through my body. And then sometimes that sets off unwinding where I just keep flowing and it's like, okay, we're just getting (laughs) this. (laughs) That's
1: beautiful. And that's that's self-communing. And in the the marrying yourself journey, every module has different ways of being with your body, different energy medicine tools, because, you know, you're, so you're very with your body you're very you know you're uh, but a lot of people it's so foreign yeah. and uh so and they're like what do the what I, that's a foreign language to me but uh it's a step-by-step thing yeah and if you could just do one thing or breathe even a little bit deeper or do one stretch of like what's your body yawn yawning is one of the greatest things to do and if you. Uh, exaggerate your yawn
0: oh yeah. then like you're already unwinding right right yeah and your body you feel like you feel that yawn throughout your body it's not just coming out of your mouth you feel it in your chest you feel it down your arms and you know somewhere else too like it just it goes all over so yeah I love that it's a great connection
1: And one of the most things I want to say about that is because people are so often so busy taking care of the whether it's children, animals, their work, you know, their house, just like, why would I do that? I don't have time. And like, a, you know, uh, like literally it could be, five, it could be two minutes and you could feel better. Like if you shake for two minutes, man, you're going to be in a different state. And I think about doing anything, like it's like taking an elevator into a higher uh, vibration. Uh, and as quick as it, you get in an elevator and you get out, you could do that with a movement. It yeah. doesn't have to be this long hour thing, you know?
0: Absolutely. I think that, that, you know, we all have social media for the most part. And so we spend, or even if we don't, but we spend mindless time watching TV or scrolling through social media, which is not helpful for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of time that we do it anyway, it's helpful in some, you know, some ways. Totally. But yeah. So yeah. there's, you know, Cut out five minutes. Like, look at your app on how long you've been on Instagram. It'll tell you you've been on there for an hour and ten minutes today. And you're like, oh wow, I could have been doing a lot more stuff with that hour and ten minutes. <laughs> I could have spent five of those jiggling, or you know, self-rebounding, or unwinding, or something, or just breathing.
1: <laughs> I love that you just said that because last week I had a client and she comes in and she's like, I am so, she's like, not right. I'm just not right with myself. I just can't think clearly. And we're going through the layers on it and. It comes out like, oh yeah, yesterday she spent six and a half hours on uh her phone with social media. And I'm like, OMG, that's it. You just like the that addiction is doing is so she uh right then and there in the session, she uh got herself all the apps and uh knowing one day she'll go back on and until she talks to me first though. And uh the next day I saw her and she's like oh, I feel great. I have had this time with myself. I nurtured myself. I stretched. I took
0: a walk. I noticed the trees.
1: I was like, yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah.
0: There's, you know, without the awareness, we can't make a change for something. So sometimes we're not even like aware of what we're doing, but it really, you know, once you have like, oh, that aha moment, you're like, oh, I'm a little bit more aware of this. So I can change and, and do something differently and i also think with social media i mean this is a whole like tangent we could talk about for four hours but with social media people i think we have like this compare and despair and so it just kind of like nags on our body and you know we, we're holding that in we're internalizing it you know oh i am not i don't look like this or i don't have a house like this or i'm not doing all these things that everybody else is doing or i'm not doing enough you know x y and z and so That's we do you know, hold that in, which kind of probably spirals, and we cycle, and we do it more to you know, and then we wait five hours on social media. So
1: the people that have signed up for the marrying yourself training because it is on screen, right? Yeah. yeah, the the one that's not in person, and so it's fulfilling in the sense that they are on screen and they're interacting with something, but it's like themselves, and yeah. I love like yeah. So people have told me like, oh my God, I'm on the modules instead of doing that compare despair thing. And I'm like growing into myself and it's, and it's because it's guided, they don't have to use a lot of like, how do I do this? It's like, these are the steps taking you through it. Um, So yeah, it's like how to like, if we're going to be on screen, like what, what actually nurtures us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that leads us into living with more intention. You know, like we can make um, more choices that are aligned with ourselves and we can make a more informed choice on the things that we're taking in as far as information. So things that nourish us and that really bring us joy.
1: Yeah. I love, I love that. Absolutely. The intention. And then Also, when you were saying that, I was thinking about the Buddhist intention of dedicating whatever practice we're doing or whatever we're doing to the greater good. Like, And sometimes we could just really dedicate, even if we're doing work on screen, like, you know, the concentration that I bring to this, I dedicate, you know, to the healing of such and such, whatever we're holding in our hearts. Intention is so powerful. Is it gives
0: the guideline for the action. Um, yeah. Do you have a, any tips for people to live with more intention? I like, so it takes
1: pausing, right? Because we're also in the habit of just going from one thing to the next and dealing with this and dealing with that. So I say before you even get out of bed, uh, first, greet yourself you know, just like you would a child. You know, you say good morning to your child or an animal, like, or your partner, or whoever's there, your family members, just say good morning to yourself and have an intention for your day and give it to yourself. And, and uh, I remember someone introduced a practice, of as soon as you put your feet on the ground, say, thank you, thank you, thank you. So that's a, a lovely thing. And then yeah, I mean, people do intentions with food before they eat, right? And how that's to nurture my body. So if you just think like anything can have an intention, like uh, what is my intention before I take this walk? I could spend the whole walk talking on the phone with people or like, you know, or I can have an intention that this be a nurturing walk and I'm really going to pay attention to the nature that I see or listen to this podcast as I walk or whatever. So what is the intention for it to, really pausing is the key word for me, pause. Tune in, get connected, allow, and make an intention. Yeah.
0: I love that. I've been practicing the pause and it's mm-hmm. sometimes hard. <laughs> We're so conditioned to do the next thing so quickly. But to really pause. And I learned uh, about like transition and kind of having an intention for transitioning from one activity to the next. So, like, instead of getting off of this podcast recording and just running about my day, I'm going to pause and have an intention of how I'm going to transition to the next thing that I have to do because we all have 10,000 things going on, but I can have an intention for getting to that next the next
1: step is kind of yeah I really think you know we we all say like certain things are important to us like our priorities but are we living our actions really in alignment with what we say our priorities are and that takes intention right that takes like really knowing and we all have to do things that we don't like to do like I think my cat just threw up over there like I'll be like cleaning that up soon you know but like you know what's how do I approach it? Do I like, you know, God, you know, and bitch about it as I am doing it or like, you know, do I do it with the love on some level? Right. Or, yeah. uh, when I'm not enjoying doing something, I often chant. I often do a mantra. I often like will bring something in that, uh, lifts me even as I'm doing something I don't like to do.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So before we wrap up, do you have anything else that you would like to share today? Talked about a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, we did. We covered so much ground. Um, well, I'm actually like really excited about the Marrying Yourself journey. So perhaps uh, because I'm seeing such beautiful things happen and people sharing such beautiful things on the Thursday night uh, Zoom gatherings. Um I really poured myself into it. So, in a sense, it does have these like 35 years of the therapist in it. And it is so deeply thought out of the steps by step of like really teaching people how to really parent yourself, really teaching people what, how to know what your feminine aspect is, how to know what your masculine is, what to strengthen, what to tame. Really learning how to romance yourself and take responsibility for helping yourself feel beautiful, or to, for setting boundaries, and how do you actually really do that? Or how to retrieve yourself? And the, you know, I give a lot of guidance on retrieving wounded parts of ourselves from the past. And so I'm really excited about it, and I want to invite people to check it out because it's been a beautiful growing community of healing. And uh it's probably like one of one of the most important things I've done as an adult is to take the responsibility to grow to love myself and be my primary beloved relationship. And uh and that has allowed me to love deeper with others. Uh, but it always helps me to keep my priorities clear. You know, with my husband at times we'll say, you know I am married to myself first. <laughs> And, you know, and he, it's a respect thing. Right. And so I, I, yeah, check it out because okay, I, how I, can I people find you? A great thing. Uh, well, there is a website called the marrying yourself com, and it has an intro there. And then, uh, my website, healingheartcommunications.com, uh, to find out about the healing exercises and the living with Arthur video and my books. Um, and then I'm on TikTok on the heart, ga- it's called the heart gathering, and we've okay. been um, doing a lot of fun videos on that. But yeah, I just like when it, I would love for all of us when we were little to be trained that, like, hey, when you grow up, you're going to marry yourself, and that would have been so different. Since you think about like, well, I was like, who's out there that I'm going to, yeah, that's the first thing It's your self-marriage, right? Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm pretty excited and stoked about what I'm seeing and happening in people's lives. Everyone who has married themselves say that they are never the same.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I'm going to link that. I'll link your website and um, for that and your journey, marrying your journey. Um, below in the show notes that people can look you up and if they have any questions they can reach out to you i think your website is so fun you have a lot of great info on there and i think people will find that very helpful so thank you so much well i have loved talking with you yeah Yeah. it's been great just to talk about all sorts of great stuff Yeah, yeah yeah oh it's been great well thank you again And like I said, I'll link all that below and they can look at that if they have any questions. So, all right, we'll wrap it up then. So thanks for being here and we will see you on another episode of Return to Ease. Bye. Thanks for listening to Return to Ease. Before you go, show some love for this podcast by leaving review. I'd love to hear from you and stay tuned for the next episode.